attention to today's message. All last week, I, I launched this series, um, Friend, Friend. And my heart is that for this month, that we can reassess our walk and our relationship with God by asking ourselves these two questions. Number one, am I a friend of my heavenly father? Number one, am I a friend of my heavenly father? Or number two, have I become so complacent in my relationship with my father that I am okay with just knowing that I am his child and I have no further expectation in my relationship. I really would like you all to have a definitive answer as, as to what my status is and what my relationship is with my heavenly father. I also covered three points of one that I want to emphasize again. Um, and I said last week that it is possible. I hope you wrote that this one down. It is possible to be a son of God while still not being a friend of God. Let me say that again. It is very possible to be a son or a daughter of God while not being a friend of God. Big contrast. And that's what we're developing. Just because you are a son or a daughter, it doesn't make you his friend. I emphasize this point over and over because there's this belief that just because we're family, we're friendly. Nothing could be further from the truth. This world is saturated with many moms that aren't friends with their sons. Just like this world is saturated with many dads that aren't friends with their daughters. There are husbands that aren't friends with their wives. Just like there are wives that aren't friends with their husbands. Even though they still maintain a certain level of intimacy. There are husbands that are friends with the children, but are not friends of their wives. There are wives that are friends of the children, but aren't friends with their husbands. Are you guys following? There are some people that are even friends with the cat or friends with the dog, but not with the family members. And we can go on and on and on. There are grandparents that are friends of the grandchildren, but aren't friends with the sons or daughters. So pastor, how can I be a wife and not a friend? Or how can I be a husband and not a friend? Jesus said in John 15, 13, I'm just going to, this verse is not up. It's not in the notes. But, but Jesus said that no greater love has no one than to lay down their life for their friends. A friend is the one that I'm willing to lay down my life for. In friendship, one is saying that I am giving my life in place of. So to help us understand this level of 
friendship because this is what we're talking about. This level of friendship with our Heavenly Father, I want us to turn to the one who establishes the standard of friendship. Somebody say Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. The reason we're Christians, the reason we're Christians is not to go to church on Sundays. Yes, go to church on Sunday. But that's not the reason we're Christians. We're Christians because we are professing that Jesus is our model and we follow him in life. Did you get that? Notice that I said we follow Jesus. We don't follow the, don't follow me. I will jack your life up. All right, I will mess you up. Uh, so don't, honey, please. It's too much more. <laughs> but, but I am not your model. Okay, I can't be your model. So we have to go to the model of models out of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. This is what, this is what Paul wrote. He said, you must have the same attitude. What kind of an attitude? The same. Not a version of, did you hear me? Not a version, of, not your version of. You have to have the what? The same. Not a similar one. But the same. That means identical. This is the same identical attitude that Christ had. Who had this? Who had this attitude? Who had this attitude? Who had this attitude? So this is not about the pastor, the evangelist, the, the, the church going for. No, this is this is about Christ. Though he was, though he was, though he was God, he did not think of e equality with God as something to cling to. The next verse. Instead, he gave up. What did he do? He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form. And uh, verse eight is not up. Okay. He humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. So this is the standard of friendship. You got it? Number seven, verse seven, this is, the, this is the key scripture, is that instead of clinging on to his divine privileges, what did he do? He gave them up. He gave them up. Jesus on earth is a testament of friendship. So if I want to be a friend, my model is Christ. Jesus was willing to abdicate his seat, to abdicate and give up his glory and privilege alongside of his heavenly father so that he could come down here to earth to rescue your big dumb face. <laughs> Sorry I said it that way. That's going to be, I'm going to get something about that. But think about, that's what he gave, he gave up. He gave up. Other versions says that he, he poured out or he emptied himself of, of that. He emptied himself out. And he did this for you. He did this for me. 
This is what real friendship looks like. It's getting out of your own ways. Not just way, but out of your own ways. You get, you empty yourself out. This is one of the hardest things that we have as men. Men, we have a hard time. I, I just can't do it. It's just not in, I, I, I can't do that. I've always done it this way. I've done it all. You got to get out of your own way. You got to get out of your own ways. This goes for the women too. Don't think, yeah, you're sitting there nodding your head. Like, no, you, you, you jacked up too. You jacked up too. True friendship isn't about how much you do for others as much as it is about how much I'm giving up for others. Did you hear that? It's not about how much you give to others, but it has to do with how much I give up for others. This is why the apostle uh, Paul gave Timothy his protege. He gave him these words in a letter. He wrote out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. And this is what he said. He said, you should know this, Timothy. You should know this, Timothy. That in the, in the, in the last days, people go, I don't know what's going on in this world. It's so scary. It's so bad. It's, it's, it's getting worse in the last days. There will be very difficult times. Next. People will, will love only themselves and their money. You want to get to somebody's heart? Get to their money. Get to their money. They will be boastful and proud, scuffing at God. That means mocking God. They'll be disobedient to their, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing, nothing to be what? Sacred. Continue. Is there more? They will be what? Unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Next, they will betray their friends, be reckless. They will be puffed up with pride and love, pleasure rather than God. They will act. I love this. They will act. Churches on Sundays is full of actors. Chances are there's probably an actor sitting right, right, right next to you now. Or there's probably an actor watching us online. I'm just joking. Religious actors. That's what the church has become. A center of artists. Just actors. But they will what? Reject the power. Somebody say power. power. They reject the power that could make them godly. You can't be godly with your own effort and your own strength. The only way for you to be godly is by the power of God. And that power comes by way of the presence of his Holy Spirit. And he said to Timothy, Paulo, stand up to your feet. Come here. Stand close over here. He said, 
He said to Timothy, you're going to be Timothy. Stay away because I don't have a master. Stay. But he said to Timothy, he said, what did he say? Stay away from people like that. You, you hear me? Stay away from people like that. Don't go too far. I'm going to use you again. Don't go too far. He's like, yeah, I'm on the front row. I mean, how far can I? <laughs> from these verses, we can compile a, uh, a substantial list of what a friend is not. From this, these verses, we can compile a list of what friends aren't. Number one, lovers of self. Number two, lovers of money. Number three, boastful. Four, proud. Five, God scuffers. That means they are they, they, they are mockers of God. Number six, disobedient to parents. Number seven, ungrateful. Number eight, nothing sacred. Hold nothing sacred. Number nine, unloving. Number 10, unforgiving. Number 11, slanders. Number 12, no self-control. 13, cruel. Number 14, haters of good. Number 15, betrayers. Number 15, uh, 16, reckless. 17, prideful. 18, lovers of pleasure in place of God. Number 19, religious actors who are counterfeits. Number 20 and the last one, avoiders of the power that can make them godlike. Look at that list. Highlight that list. Use that as the criteria. If you know people like that, what did Timothy say? What did Timothy say? Timothy didn't say that. Paul said it. Paul said that. See, I was a test. I was quizzing you. I knew I was. See, y'all thought I was wrong, but it wasn't. No, I'm just joking. I messed that one up. <laughs> it wasn't Timothy. Paul said that. Paul said that. Shut up, Papa. He all excited. He's like, yeah, I see you mess up too. <laughs> our, biggest, our biggest problems as, as Christians is that somewhere, somewhere, somehow, someone told Christians that being pushovers and being a bunch of punks is what being like Jesus. Want me to say that one again? Somewhere, somehow, down the line, someone told Christians that being pushovers and a bunch of punks is what being Jesus liked. Yep, see? No. As Christians, we are the opposite of this list. We are not to be nothing like this list. But being a Christian, listen carefully. And listen good, not well. I want you to listen good. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we are to tolerate and be accepting of people that abuse us and people like this on this list. Good. One person believes that. Paul is telling Timothy, and I am telling you today, stay away from people like this. Don't just stay away, but run from people like this. Jesus said that if anyone hits you on the cheek to give them the other cheek. But in my wisdom, this is my wisdom. Notice I said in my wisdom, 
you don't have to be the dummy in the room where there is cheek slapping going on. You want to lie? They're slapping people around and you want to go? Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's line up and get slapped around. Big dummy, don't go. Jesus said, if you get, if this happens to you, then this is what you ought to do. But I'm telling you in wisdom, don't put yourself in there to begin with. And there are many people that for the name of Jesus go through their life being slapped from one, one season to another season. And I don't know why this is happening to me. You big dummy, you don't run away. You still surround yourself with the very same people that are slapping people around. Mark chapter 6, verse 11. Jesus said this, talking to his disciples. He said, if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you, as you, to show that you have abandoned those people to their what? Faith. Jesus doesn't tell his disciples to keep knocking and persist and kick down doors. Especially where you're not welcome. My, 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 my mama don't like me or my dad don't like me or my kids. Or my, just, just don't. Shake it off. We have a friend. What an amazing friend we have in Jesus. Jesus is sufficient. Tell somebody next to you, Jesus is sufficient. And if Jesus, if Jesus isn't sufficient... All right? In the void of your life, something is wrong with your relationship and your walk. You got it? Listen to what James, the half-brother of Jesus, tells us about the heavenly father. Paul, uh, Pablo, come again. Further, go further. He said... Out of James chapter 4, verse 8. James chapter 4, verse 8. Yeah, James, it starts with a J. All right, I'm going to read it. He said, come close to God. What did he say? Come close to God. I'll be God because I'm godly. You are obviously a heathen. So I'm godly. So come close to God and what? And he will come close to you. Come close to God and what will he do? He'll come close to you. Come close to God and he'll come close to you. Who takes the first step? You take the first step. And then wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is what? Divided between God and the world. The reason you can't come close is because you have a divided loyalty. 
Are you following? A divided loyalty is what makes you apprehensive. It's the divide between you and God. So you can't come close because you have a divided loyalty. And we spoke about this last week. So the the way this relationship works is this. You come close, he takes one step. You take another step, he takes another step. Okay? That's what this how this work. This relationship works this way. But there are people, go back, go back, go back. There are people that want God to pursue them. Christians that want Jesus to be their followers. It don't work that. That's not that this system doesn't work that way. Did you get that? Are you, are, you, are you understanding that? I want to expound on this a little more. The washing of hands here. And James is talking about the washing of hands here. In the washing of hands, he is talking about, uh, this is a symbolic, symbolic symbol of purifying your heart in blameless actions. The way you purify your heart is by your blameless actions. My actions are reflected by my consistent obedience, not just to what the church says. That's the problem. Many of us and our walk towards God are obedient to the church, are obedient to the pastor, but have absolutely no obedience to God. You can have a seat, Pablo. Could we give Pablo a hand for that amazing participation? Can tell, man. I, I can. You take. You you do well, man. Taking orders. I can tell. Patty, you train him well, Patty. <laughs> Listen to what Psalms chapter one nineteen verse five says. I gave you this last week. I'm telling you. Write this down. Make this part of your ongoing devotional scriptures to read. Psalms one nineteen verse five. Oh, that my, oh, that my actions would sometimes, Erica, sometimes, sometimes, here and there, hit or miss. What does it say? Consistently reflect, not my heart, not my emotions, not my feelings, but what? Your decrees. What is his decrees? His word. And this is the part that many Christians specifically miss. What draws me close to God as a friend is my unrelenting and unwavering loyalty to what he says. The loyalty to what he speaks is what makes me his friend. I could still be his child, but there's a big contrast between being his child and being his friend. Are you getting that? Papa was my son, but just because he's my son, it doesn't make me by default friend. Do you get that? Do you understand that? Ugly face is my son. But just because he's my son, it doesn't mean we're friends. Are you, all, are you getting that? It's important that you all get that. And, and let me tell you, As parents, and I want parents to pay attention to me. Do not let this world dictate the standard of the kingdom in your life and in your your home. 
when, when, when you're parenting, you're not to be a friend. You're to be a parent. All right? The reason, the reason is because parenting is a, is a governing realm. Are you getting? It's a governing realm. Parenting is a guardianship. You're, 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 it's a realm of authority. So your children can't be your friends when you are parenting in their guardianship. You can be friendly. You have to wait to their adultship. When they're adults, then friendship can begin. But in the meantime, when I say you jump, you jump. No questions, no if, no buts. I'm just letting my kids kind of, you know, just develop their own emotions, you know. I just want them to just, you know, just develop their own, just their own expression, you know. We're going to see where all this mess is going in another 20 years, guys. What a mess. We cannot let the world dictate to us the standard of the kingdom. So, what draws me close to God as my friend is that I obey his word. This unwavering loyalty is what we call faith. Somebody say faith. And I want you to learn something about faith today. This unwavering loyalty called faith. Faith is obedience to God's word. Listen, listen, because you got to get this because in many of our churches, we messed this up. We ruined it because we taught it wrong. Faith is an obedience to God's word that happens in the heart and it's demonstrated in what? My actions. It happens in the heart, but it is expressed in my actions. It's an obedience. Always. Somebody say always. always. Somebody say always. To God's word. Obedience is demonstrated. Faith in my actions is response in response to his word. Obedience to God's word and faith go hand in hand. When you say I have faith, you have to have faith based on God's word, not your feelings. Thank you, Dr. Gladys, for that. We have taught it the wrong way. Obedience to God's word and faith go hand in hand. You cannot have faith absent of obedience to God's word. And this is what many people believe faith to be. This is why they say, I know this is wrong. I know this is a sin, but God knows my heart. God don't care about your feelings. The word says that his word, my word, will not come back void, empty. His word, not your emotions and your feelings. You have a problem? You need God's word for that problem. Is there a void and emptiness? You need to fill it with what? God's word in that void. You cannot have faith absent of God's obedience to his word. Hebrews chapter 10 Verses 38 and 39. Check this out. My righteous ones will, 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 will 
will, will live by faith. But you got to know what kind of faith. There's a lot of crazy faith out there. It's just my faith. Faith is not your belief, and we're going to learn that. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who what? Who what? Who what? Pablo, again, get up there. Again, if he comes close to God, boom, he comes close. If he comes close, boom, then he comes close. I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. Many of us live our life as Christians turning away and running away, especially when things get hard. You have a seat. I'm going to tell you this, and I don't tell you because of me, but I tell you because I've experienced it. But God's word, it's in the fire. It's in the fire, in the heat of the moment where you see the most intimate parts of Jesus, the most intimate parts of God's presence. In the fire. In the loneliness, in the rejection. Number 39, verse 39. We are not like those. We are not like those who what? Turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones. What are we? What are we? Whose souls will be saved. That means if there are souls that will be saved, that means that there are some souls that will be. We turn away to our own destruction when we disobey his words to do our will instead of his. James again said this. We're going to read 14, then we're going to jump to verse 17 and 20. But I want to read. I'm going to give you guys his word. What good is it, brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Next. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds, actions. It is dead and it is useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you what? For you what? For you what? That there is one God. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> you got to read it like that. Good for you. Even the demons believe. And they tremble in terror. At least the demons have some sense of conviction that they can tremble. There are, there are people that say they believe and they have absolutely no kind of reverence or, or, or a fear of God's presence. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is what? Useless? Faith isn't baseless belief and that's what we have taught in many and many churches 
demons believe. Biblical Christian faith is manifested works, manifested actions. James chapter 21, verse 24. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his what? By his what? By his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. You see, his faith and his actions, they did what? They what? They worked together. His actions made his faith what? Complete. And there are many Christians that operate on incomplete faith because they they have belief, but they don't have an obedience to God's work that is manifested in their actions. Are you getting this stuff? Are you serious? Are you getting it? Please tell me you're getting it. And you, all right, Lord, if they're lying, strike them down. (laughs) But you you got to get this because I talk to people over and over and over and over. And I'm like, where's your walk? What Abraham, what made Abraham's faith complete was that his faith was accompanied by actions to God's word. Listen, he didn't sacrifice, he wasn't about to sacrifice his son because he felt that. No, God told him to do it. As crazy as it sounds, hey, God said, hey man, hey, sacrifice your son. He told his son, let's go son. Got the, God, let's go, we're gonna go. This is, Abraham is called the father of faith. This man circumcised himself. Yeah, think about that. Let that one man, father of faith. I'm telling you, I heard God say to circumcise himself. And then he lined up his whole household. I got to let that one sink in before I go. <laughs> God always asks us to do some hard stuff, man. Oh, man, I'm going to hear that one for a while. If there is such a thing as complete faith, that means that there is a such thing as incomplete faith. And incomplete faith leaves out the obedience of God's word and or his actions. Some of us don't behave. We don't act like, you know. Remember, I said that in, 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 uh, when Paul was talking to Timothy, he said, he said that there, there are, you're, in the last days, they're going to be what? Religious actors. R- religious actors. They're just acting religious. You ever see, yeah, I've been to so many church events, church functions, and people are crying and people are falling on the floor. These same people rob, steal, cheat, hurt people, criticize, slant, and, and on and on. Religious actors. They should hand out Oscars for that. Faith isn't about believing what I want for me. Based on my feelings and my emotions. Faith isn't desiring a car. That's not faith. Faith isn't desiring a house. That's not faith. But we've made that faith. We've taught that to be faith. Faith isn't about what I believe in my feelings. 
or in my wants or in my desires, but about believing in God's words for my life. You get that? That's what faith is. Believing in God's words for my life. Jesus said this out of John chapter 15, verses 4 to 15. He said, you are my friends. Jesus said to his disciples, we have disciples here? Now you're afraid to say you are, right? I don't know. <laughs> that checklist kind of shook me. He said, you are my disciples. You are my friends. If you do what? What I command. That's how, you're, that's how you are a friend of Jesus. If you do what he commands. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Meaning, masters and slaves don't tell each other intimate stuff. Faith isn't believing that what I need, want, desire will come because I pray for it and ask it and demand it and claim it. Faith isn't about wanting, as I said, a car, a house a wife or a husband believing God is going to give it to me. And a lot of the stuff that we're teaching out there is as if it's we teach magic. We're, we're teaching magic. Yeah, I claim that house. Claim it. Claim that car. Get a job. Fix your credit. Get approved for some stuff. Go work. Yeah, yeah you don't have to. I do have Oh, I'm praying. I'm claiming for that husband. Mama, you got to fix your hair. You got to get your nails done. You get on the treadmill. You know what I'm saying? You got to do some stuff. You know? I, I mean, I'm just... Is that, am I going to get canceled now? Is that... <laughs> All right. That's the, we're going to skip that one. We can't, I can't go back on that one now. <laughs> but but in, all, in all seriousness, guys, that's not faith. That's not faith. I remember one time, man, I got angry at work and I had a fit because I got cocky at work. And I got cocky at work because I was good at what I was doing. And because I got cocky and I was good at what I was doing, I was feeling a little prideful and puffed up and I had some demands of my own. And when I didn't get my demands of my own, I walked out and I quit because I knew I was going to get a call back. Well, you're not. I left. And I grabbed my tools and I left and I walked out. I didn't get a call that day. I didn't get a call the next day, the third day, the fourth day, and I'm like, whoa, stop. When I called back, guy said, I, I said, I'm sorry, I apologize, I know I was at a line, and he clearly said his name was Joe. I'm not going to say his last name because I still remember, but Joe said to me, I accept your apology, but your position has been filled. Hung up, and now I had to face the wrath of Becky. <laughs> not even God, I'm talking about the wrath of Becky. And, uh, and I know the third one, Alexis. Alexis. Yeah. See, mama... There are parents that are friends, and then there are, you know what I'm saying? Okay. So, 
And then I remember that I got on my knees praying to God for a job. I was praying to God for a job because that's what I've been told. I never forget that I heard the presence of the Holy Spirit say to me, you're not going to find a job on your knees. Get up. Face the reality of my actions. And then get a job. I had to go out there. I had to do my part. Actions. Works. Are you, are you getting that? Obedience to God's work. You just can't sit around home believing. Believing that health is going to happen and you just, you're just you popping down them cakes. I love cakes. I, I love everything about cake. A- anything with cake. I love and dev- I love cake. I'm going to tell you, I love cake. Love cake. And cake, cookie, I mean, it just goes down, if it's, if it goes down the line. Cake and cookie, you know? And, but, but you're not going to get healthier just because you're believing and praying about it. Just eating the cake. You got to put some, some of the cake down. Get rid of the icing. <laughs> Start there. <laughs> you know, but, but, but you can't just pray. You can't pray yourself through stuff. And that's not, listen, that's not realistic and it's not godly. And that's not faith. That's not faith. Faith is believing that what God says comes to pass. That's what faith is. That what God says is going to come to pass over my life. So I have to be familiar with what God is saying about me in his word so that I can then have faith in those words. It's not in my whim and my my feelings. When my obedience to God's word is absent of actions and deeds, then my faith becomes incomplete and it renders me a disloyal, divided friend. This makes me an enemy of God and not a friend. So I want to give you these three things that you could take with you. You could write them down if you want. But number one, friendship isn't about what I do, but about what I give up in place of. It's not about what I give. It's about what I give up. Meaning that if I'm going to be George's friend, then... <laughs> don't do that. Hey, George. George, how, 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 long do I, how, how long have I known you? Well, 40, right? 40 years. How long... How, how, What's the distance and and how far away do you live from me? Less than a mile. (laughs) He's out there counting. One, two, three. (laughs) Less than a mile. Hey, man. Yo, how often do I talk to you, bro? How often do you go to my house and I go to yours? I think I've been to your house how many times? About three to two? My, my, friend, my friendship doesn't hinge in being in his presence. Did you get that? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You're a son. He's a friend. <laughs> 
I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> all right, number two, point. <laughs> I love you too, son. You're all right. But in order for me to be his friend, I don't have to be in his business and his life and in his breath. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes it's been two, three weeks, but he got mad because he saw a picture of me and Dr. Gladys having dinner and Rob having, he got mad. He was like, yo, what's up with that? Like, I got other people too. I got a life, man. He ain't the only one in my, <laughs> my circle. Yeah. The Reese's treat me good. No. <laughs> Number two, friendship isn't about forcing myself in places where I'm not wanted. You, you heard about that. You heard about that in Christianity. Well, they don't want me. We'll keep it moving, keep it rolling. Well, they don't want me to be part of that. Just, they don't want me. Move on. Man, we just got to stop being so just punks. Like, just seriously, whiners. And like, man, we got to grow up. Tough. You know what Jesus said, man, though? If, anyone come, if anybody wants to follow me, take a what? Cross, not a tissue. This is tough. This is hard. Life, this hurts. You heard Jose in that whole too legit to quit message? Too late. Too late to quit. You, for, a, for a whole month, this boy put his heart out there about his, his health and, and his struggles. And the challenges and the hardship. He wasn't saying that so that he, you could have pity for him. And he was saying that to be used as a model. Listen, this stuff hurts. I remember when they came to me to tell me that their child had been diagnosed with diabetes. They were, they were both at their weakest. And guess what? I didn't have words. I just I had no words. I had no words. And we looked at each other. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. This stuff is hard, guys. It's tough. I always tell my son, iron sharpens. How do you sharpen iron? With iron, not a tissue. It's, it's with iron. I remember uh, there was a pastor, uh, and I still hold this dear because my dad's been gone for almost... 15 years now and, and and it had been almost a year almost a year and every time he came into my presence how are you doing man I miss my dad I miss my dad it's hard I just miss my dad and that's all I kept telling I miss every time we got together I miss my dad finally you know what he said to me he said to me your dad is dead he's dead and he kept going I was like, you punch in your face. I, like, you, I ain't know what to do with that. But do you know that those were the words from God to Joshua? My servant is dead. Get up, lead the people. Get up, move. You got stuff to do. And 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 listen, and I and and I'm 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 I'm. Of course, I sympathy for those that have lost loved ones. I know it's hard. It's tough. It's tough. My point is that this stuff hurts. 
And there are times that there are going to be realms where you're not going to be wanted. God goes, keep it moving, keep it rolling. That's it, all right? You got that? You got it. My last one, and you can go home. Friendship to God is about my consistent obedience to his word in my actions. That's faith. I can't separate those two. Faith is not about my belief, my baseless belief, but faith has to do in believing God's word for my life. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.